I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 251 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss some of the biggest challenges that we think hoppy podcasters face in 2021. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we have an interesting take on Apple versus Spotify in the game of podcasting. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, somebody else shares my Apple podcast pain. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 251 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen, and with me, of course, is the wonderful SP. Hey, hey, Stephen, how you doing? And I think it is great to be podcasting this week. And let me tell you, it's been one of those weeks where I didn't know if I was going to get to do any podcasting, but I did. And we're here now. So that's all that matters. Yeah, you had some crazy internet problems. And if you want to know more about this, listeners and viewers, Come on over to our Discord server, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We have a great communication of communities there. I was trying to say good community, but we'll leave it at that, Uh, where you can check out all of the history that was the saga of SP's internet because he was posting through it all. And yeah, you can help feel his pain. I even posted some ring door cam video of the tech who very nice tech, by the way, uh, trying to explain the way his company, the way they did business. But we'll leave that for the <laughs> Discord. If you have any comments, go over to gunnageek.com slash Discord or betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. It runs you to the same place and you can listen and watch and read all about it. Let's start off with something that's been a little bit since we've done one of these. It's a how I save my podcast story. We have this wonderful How I Save My Podcast story that was submitted to us actually through the Discord from Anthony from Capes on the Couch podcast. SP, what is happening with Anthony? Anthony posted, here's a How I Save My Podcast story that I'm in the midst of. Recorded an episode of our show, Capes on the Couch, last night and live streamed to our Facebook page. When my co-host sent me his audio, it sounded like he was I was surprised because no one on the live stream commented about the audio quality. That's because, for whatever reason, the problems were only on his end. The live stream came out sounding okay. It's a little overcompressed, as Facebook videos tend to be. So instead of scrapping the episode, I'm working with that audio. It's not perfect, but it's better than having to re-record what turned out to be a great discussion. So there you go, Stephen and SP. Love what you got built and glad to be part of this community. 
And Anthony, I gotta say, you know, if you have a backup recording, go for it. It's better than nothing. And especially when you have one of those one of a time sort of interviews or great conversation or something like that, having that backup audio really helps. And it's something that I learned very early on in my podcasting. We talk about it all the time on this show. Steven, you've also felt this pain. Yeah. And the other thing that we would highly encourage you to do is whenever you're going to start podcasting, you should always go through a checklist. And one of those things on the checklist should be to ask your co-host if they happen to be recording underwater in a tin can. If, if you ask these questions, you might help avoid that. And is the tin can big enough, if they are, is the tin can big enough for them to be able to sustain themselves and their oxygen level throughout however long of a recording that you're going to have? Yeah. And as long as you incorporate that and them sending you the track, then don't worry about the rest. You'll solve that the next week. Did you like the way that I simulated a tin can underwater just by cupping my hands over my mouth and then recording? Did you even hear that? I don't know. It, it was fantastic. And if you have okay, a How yeah. I Save My Podcast story, send it to us, either like Anthony did through our Discord or email us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We do have a video companion to the show at betterpodcasting.com or on our YouTube. So if you want to send us a video clip, we would love to have you Send us a video clip for the video viewers. As we record this in May of 2021, there's a rapid shift happening in the world of podcasting. The rapid widening of the divide that is between hobby and professionally backed podcasts. Basically, big money podcasts. We've talked about this before, from award shows to new podcast products with high price tags. The gap continues to increase between these two camps. We touched a little bit on this in episode 250 of Better Podcasting, but we're still big advocates that there is continuing to be an opportunity for hobby podcasters in the world of podcasting, which is why today we want to take an episode to outline some of the things that we think are the biggest challenges for hobby podcasters in the year 2021. Of course, we will also cover how we think hobby podcasters can help overcome some of these challenges or at least stick through them. Okay, so let's begin where anybody should begin at the start. No, no, literally here. Let's begin with starting a podcast. Now, starting a podcast can be a very heavy lift for anybody, but it's especially difficult when it comes to hobby podcasting. This is for a variety of reasons. And let's start with the obvious aspect up front budget. When it comes to starting a hobby podcast, the lack of a budget of any kind can be especially tough. For example, you don't have an endless budget to hire graphic designers to help create your artwork or the budget to hire a webmaster to create a website. This means that you often have to take these tasks on yourself or pick and choose where you are going to spend your money. And this means that areas will be neglected and quite frankly, it might show in the end product. Unless you're inclined in one of these aspects, means your logos, websites, and images might come off amateur or cookie cutter in its approach. But it's more than just the one-time costs associated with startup that are at a disadvantage. It's things that have reoccurring costs, such as domain names and media hosting. 
Let's take a look at the media hosting, for example. As a hobby podcaster, you're a little bit stuck between a rock and a hard place. Many reputable media hosts means that you'll be putting out a moderate amount of money on a monthly basis for your hobby. You don't have the funding of a business to support this. Now, $20 per month, that is what most hobby media hosts cost, is a drop in the bucket for many businesses. It's probably far less than their cheapest utility bill. But for you, that might be a full day or a full week of groceries if you're a college student. So how do you as a hobbyist overcome these financial challenges when it comes to starting a podcast? Well, first, you should decide where are you going to best place your money and make sure it's giving you the best bang for the buck. So you want to assess the situation and decide what it is that you really need as a hobbyist. For example, do you really need a shiny website? Or would you be better off to pay for some really good artwork that would be used across websites and podcast players? And for media hosting, disregard what the professional players need. Do you really need to know all of the detailed metrics that a top plan can offer? Probably not. Instead, make sure that you consider that you are a hobby podcaster. And realistically speaking, it might be just fine with the basic statistics on a cheaper hosting package. And for a moment, let's mention the major free media hosting site available today. That's Anchor. It's definitely an option, although it does come with some caveats, like tightly controlled music stances. And quote-unquote free might not necessarily be your forever host. But when it comes to push to shove, it might help get your underfunded show off the ground And you can always reassess other paid and, dare we say, better podcast media hosting services a few months down the line. With that said, money is only a part of the challenge when it comes to starting a podcast as a hobbyist. Arguably, the bigger challenge is getting noticed, right, Stephen? Yeah, this is because when a large business podcast gets started, they likely have a variety of channels to help try to get eyes or ears on the podcast. They might have a dedicated marketing team to try to do this. We think that in May of 2021, this is truly one of the hardest things to go up against as a hobby podcaster. So we'll just tell it like we see it. We don't think you're ever going to be able to go up against the big money when it comes to this challenge of trying to get eyes noticed right upon launching your podcast which is actually what we think the key is to handling this challenge as a hobby podcaster. People who are starting hobby podcasts are likely going to come across a sea of advice that talks about quick ways to get your podcast noticed or grow your podcast quickly. However, we do think that a lot of this information is pretty dated compared to where the podcast industry lays right now in 2021. This is because we feel that a lot of this content was made before the big money came into creating podcasts, which means that a lot of it doesn't hold up to today's standards. So instead, we think it's most important that hobby podcasters recognize that they should not be looking at how to grow their podcast very quick at the start in the same capacity that big money backed podcasts will do. Instead, hobby podcasters should set their sights on modest growth, 
sort of a slow and steady approach as opposed to the big floodgates opening that big business podcasts look for. Here's an example. Instead of focusing on marketing campaigns, maybe focus instead as a hobby podcaster on connecting with people who share the same interests as you with your podcast. The reality is that with a hobbyist budget, it's unlikely you can come up with a marketing campaign that even puts a dent in that mar- that initial marketing campaign that the big money podcasts are probably going to do right off the bat of their podcast launch. So instead of looking to grow your listener base by a certain amount each week, maybe you look more into further connections with your audience and build those in that slow and steady approach. Essentially focus on building the relationships with your audience. The reality is that it's very hard to get huge amount of traffic to your show as a hobby podcaster up front. So building these relationships can give you the much needed support that you're going to need to keep yourself motivated and give yourself that drive to keep on making content. You'll build relationships which are far better in our opinion than seeing a one-digit growth chart if you're focusing purely on the numbers. Kind of disappointing. But the last thing that we want to mention in this category for starting a podcast is that it takes time. No, literally, we're talking about the time it takes to start the podcast. We believe that as a hobby podcaster, you need to be realistic that it is going to take you a lot longer to start a successful podcast than it will for a podcast that has big money behind it. That's because with your hobby podcast, you have less people working on the show and it's a hobby. So it's less time each day that you have to work on it. Starting a podcast can be a very time consuming event. There are just so many steps involved in the process. As such, we would suggest that you set realistic targets with your launch times, but also consider the variables of what you're up against. For example, let's say there's a new hit TV series that you want to cover. If it's a popular series, likely there'll be some big business somewhere funding a podcast to cover the topic. This combined with the fact that you're probably going to capture that initial new series buzz means that you may want to accept that you won't be the first podcast out there to cover the new TV series, but you'll also need to put some urgency to help to ensure you don't miss the boat altogether. So one potential solution to this issue is to launch with core components together, but delay launch of extra things like a website, full-fledged social media presence, etc. Or if there's a series upcoming, TV series upcoming that you think you may want to cover, plan for it early, get your ducks in a row ahead of time, and have that podcast ready when that first episode drops. Or if you even want to go back to the trailers and the commercials for the podcast and maybe even some panels at whatever convention is done before that of the actors and the creative team behind the show. So there's some things that you can do in advance of starting a show at episode one of a premiere of a new TV series. And that's just one example. And uh, TV series, as we said before, is one of the easiest hobby podcasts to get started with because it's got ready-made content around it. So enough of that, Stephen. Let's talk about the next hurdle. Yeah, the next one that we want to talk about that we think hobby podcasters face in 2021 is initial technology requirements. Although we're pretty clear that in our opinion, all you really need to start is an ATR 2100 
or a Samsung Q2U, or perhaps a Zoom PodTrack P4 with some decent dynamic microphones. The reality is that many of the big business podcasts that start have a budget, which means they probably are starting at a higher level of technology than you're probably going to start with your hobby podcast. This can offer a variety of benefits to the people putting the higher dollars into the initial technology, with both ease of recording and quality of sound. They also may have better post-production technology as well, which means things like a better ability or easier ability to clean up audio if it's recorded in less than ideal circumstances. And also, perhaps even podcast in a faster manner, basically get the content published quicker. Technology is a critical part of podcasting, and it's an area where often you can spend money in the right places to get significant gains if you do it right. So how do you, as a hobby podcaster, overcome this technology challenge? Well, we would say that we think you should focus on two key areas. One, having the audio equipment to create consistent, listenable audio quality. And two, having the right tools to make the editing and publishing process as enjoyable as possible for you as a hobby podcaster. So what do we mean by this? SP, why don't you start with what we mean by the consistent, listenable audio? Every podcaster's workspace and recording environment is different. So focus on the things that will help make your environment as listenable as possible. Let's say, for example, that all you have to record in are very large rooms with a lot of echo or reverb, as we've been calling it. Perhaps you want to invest in some blankets to place around the area to help reduce this. But that might not be enough. You may need to invest in a plugin like SPL Dverb to help ease some of that reverb. In this situation, you're focusing on solving the major problem in your recording environment rather than trying to focus on necessarily on things like making sure you have better quality microphones like those with a large budget might have. For our other part, the editing and publishing, try to focus on the tools that will make it more enjoyable for yourself. For example, while a big business podcast may invest in an Adobe Audition subscription, as a hobbyist, you might find that services or tools that give you a bigger time saving might be a better investment. Perhaps you want to invest in an ID3 tagging tool to make copy-pasting tags each week faster into your final product. Or maybe you want to invest in a plugin to remove your breaths or a service to help remove your, uh, hmm, what is it called? Mm, oh. Crutch words. That's right. Okay. While there are benefits to programs like Adobe Audition, you might find that with your team of few or perhaps even a team of one, there are bigger gains to be had elsewhere. Now, Stephen, every podcaster's technology needs are different, and the podcaster might not even realize what they need until they get to the part of creating the podcast, right? Yeah, that's why we would encourage you to only get the basics invested in up front and then decide what will help you as you continue to go on with your podcast. SP and I have both seen a lot of people invest in their initial setup before they launch their podcast, and then after a little bit, they try to recoup as much of that money back as possible when they realize it's far overkill than what they need, or 
maybe it doesn't even accomplish what they need. It might not even be relevant to the final recording setup that they end up having. We've seen this happen so much with both recording technology and software used for editing. So really, we would encourage you not to get ahead of yourself as you are investing in your initial technology to get your hobby podcast going. So we know what you're saying right now. Okay. So since tech is going to be a big uphill battle, then that must mean that the team is where the hobby podcaster has the upper hand, right? Well, our next section is going to talk about just that. And that's because we think that as a hobbyist, you've also got quite the uphill battle compared to those big money backed podcasts. There are numerous layers to why we think it can be particularly challenging for a hobby podcaster to build a successful podcast team. So let's start with one that we think is the most challenging, casting the right talent for your podcast. No, I didn't say podcasting the right talent. I said casting the right talent for your podcast. So assembling a team of hobbyists to talk on a podcast can be quite the challenge. Unless you're starting a podcast with friends, it can be very difficult to find the right balance of voices that will all work well together. And you might not even be able to do that up front at the start. How do you identify everyone's strengths and how do you make sure that everyone's strengths cover everyone else's gaps? Now, big money podcasts have ways to cast this talent and they probably also have contracts that allow things to easily shuffle out when things aren't working. As a hobby podcaster, though, you don't have this. You don't have an HR department. You are the HR department. And the last reason we want to mention on why it can be difficult to build a hobby podcast team is because often with hobby podcasting, everyone has overlapping duties. This can be very difficult compared to a big money podcast with a full production team. It means that everyone has to lift a little bit more and everyone is doing it for free. So how do you overcome all this? Well, first, we'd encourage you to start your hobby podcast with people that you know on some level. We're not saying that this will always work, but because starting a podcast can be tough, it can be a little easier if you know the people that you're starting this journey with. Additionally, we'd encourage you to come up with a plan of duties up front and try not to put too much on just one person. The more everyone can do their part to help out, the less chance that one person will feel really burned out because they're taking on the lion's share. As well, make sure everyone knows the direction of the podcast, and that means communicating up front that it's a hobby podcast and what that entails. The last thing you want is for people to get involved who are in it for the money when there's no money to be had, at least not initially and perhaps not ever. Also have open conversations during the planning stage about what everyone's duties will be and encourage people to be honest with their time commitments. If you plan to have unrealistic time commitments, then you'll likely find that those people are going to pod fade rather quickly within three episodes or so. And of course, make sure all your legal ducks are in a row. For example, we've spoken many times before on this show about a written agreement with your team and the fact that we've seen where this was either useful or would have been very useful in a lot of different podcast situations. For some reason, having it written down, even if it's like a Google Doc, virtual or whatever, for some reason, that carries a lot more weight than just a verbal conversation. You have better memory of what everybody is going to be and what everybody has agreed with. So we would highly encourage you 
to do that. And before the, we leave this topic, we just wanted to footnote solo podcasting. And it's perfectly okay to start a solo show. Maybe you can't assemble a team to do it, and maybe you prefer to work alone. Either way, or whatever is the reason, just expect more work and balance the fact that you're going to have to do more work as solo with things like do shorter shows. Maybe you publish less frequently with your shows. Possibly outsource if you happen to have the money. Uh, outsource some of the aspects of your production of your show. And maybe you want to book some guests for vocal variety and back and forth topic expertise, but realize that booking guests actually takes time itself. So it's a trade-off there. But solo podcasting is a topic for a whole other better podcasting episode. We talked about it before, and this show is not necessarily about solo podcasting. Just realize that as a hobby podcaster, solo podcasting is possible, but you're going to have to make some trade-offs with it. The last area that we want to dedicate a whole section to in this episode is the idea of promotion. We alluded to it earlier in the launching section, but we do feel that it deserves a further discussion. And the bottom line on this is similar to the other one, which is that as a hobby podcaster, you will never be able to compete with the promotion of a big money back podcast. There is the obvious side of things, which is money. For example, you just don't have the hobbyist budget to go ahead to go head to head with a big money podcast marketing budget. But it does go a lot further than this. And this is where we really wanted to expand. You also don't have the time and the resources to promote as effectively in the same capacity as they probably do. For example, you might have a day job to go to. You might have kids to look after. You just don't have the capacity to be on social media as much as someone whose job is literally going on social media. You also probably don't have the time to always craft all the fine nuances that go into promotion that a big business podcast might have in their promotional tool belt. For example, show notes. They probably have people who are being paid to go and create detailed show notes. You might not have that same luxury. You might ha not have the same luxury to be able to create promotional clips or engage in cross-promotion. These are all things that take time. And the reality is that if someone is being paid eight hours a day or more to make a podcast, they are probably going to have more time to do promotion than you will who are doing this as a hobby. And like all businesses that embrace the modern world, there is a lot that goes into them having a successful online presence in order to effectively be a promotion vehicle. So does this mean as a hobbyist, you should just give up on the idea of promoting your podcast? After all, we just outlined a bunch of things that they can do better or maybe more often or more frequently than you as a hobby podcaster. No, we don't think so. But we do think you need to realize is that if you have no budget, then the reality is that you are likely going to spend a lot of time building yourself and your podcast up in the communities that might be interested in your show. This is because there are very few effective free promotional podcast tools anymore. So you're really going to have to build those connections to help get people to notice your show. What are some examples of that, Espy? 
But you can go ahead and join a Discord community, a Discord server on the topic of your podcast, maybe a subreddit or two on the topic, maybe a social media community. I know Facebook has groups on there and those could be options for you. Uh, you could join a similar hobby podcast network. You know, you find a bunch of different shows that are related or closely related to your show and you can join them such as the gonna geek network there's a lot of them out there but joining that network would bring more additional eyes and community to your show you can interact with different posts on twitter and hashtag it up you could perform guest appearances or have guests from other shows on your show or you could even build your own community once you have enough listeners to do that one thing you have to be careful there, though, is you don't want the cricket syndrome where you have possibly some really engaged fans come in, but just because there's nobody there to communicate with, there's nothing happening there. So you want to make sure that as you start your community, wherever you start your community, that you start it with a listener base or at least some fans of you yourself that would come in and start talking about the topics that you want to talk about. Let me give an example there of the cricket syndrome, by the way. So SP got a little jealous a little while ago because what I did was I made that SP fan club. Basically, it was a dedicated site to fans of SP and it boomed. And he's like, wow, this is crazy. OK, I'll go and I'll make a Steven fan club. Nobody joined. Not one person, not even my mom. <sighs> It, it was tough. It was yeah. tough because uh, I couldn't get the approvals to have it uh, advertised in Canada. So nobody oh. could come over that you were very close with. I'm sorry. You're missing the .ca domain. Fair enough. I, I could not get it. <laughs> so unless you happen to have a sizable budget, it's very unlikely that any traditional promotion campaigns are going to work for you. And we think that it's best for you to accept this up front. Set yourself realistic goals for whatever you do to market your podcast. And when you set these goals, consider how much time it will take in order to work on whatever material you need. For example, audio promos are more time constant and time necessary than you might think in order to put it together. I know I have done it and Stephen knows he says has done it too. You'd think it wouldn't be all that much time that you need to spend in it, but it's a lot more time than you think. And how much time do you have to spend on the promotional campaign overall? And what do you hope to achieve? Got to keep that in mind. What is your goal? Are you seeing any progress with whatever you are doing for promotion? And could your time be better spent elsewhere? These are all things that we talked about in our promotion episode a few months back. And we encourage you to go listen to that episode for more promotional details. And the last section in typical better podcasting style, we have a bunch of miscellaneous things that we wanted to cover. But for this time, we want to bunch these into things called what we wish we had known before we began hobby podcasting, at least if we were beginning in 2021. OK, so use your imagination there. It's going to take a lot of self-development and self-assessments to find the best path for my particular podcast. That's the first thing that we want to talk about right there. This is something that we think continues to be a bit of a challenge for the hobby podcasters. With the divide continuing to increase between hobby and big money podcasts, it's becoming increasingly important that hobby podcasters commit to self-development. 
This is because as a hobbyist, you don't have the same resources available for you to produce your podcast that big money podcasts have. Now, we briefly touched on this in episode 250, but the bottom line is we think that there's very little value of hobby podcasters paying for podcast consultants in the year 2021. There used to be more value to some degree, but we think that a large portion of this value is now gone for the hobby podcaster. And the reason for this is because podcast consultants are generally running a business. And like with all businesses, in the end, they're looking to make money. It's a business. They should be making money. As such, podcast consultants are starting to tailor their knowledge to the current generation of podcasts that are looking to make money on their podcast. After all, those are the people that can afford to hire the podcast consultants. And so that means that a lot of this knowledge and this education is probably going to be tailored more towards the big money podcasts, not you as a hobby podcaster. This increases that gap between the knowledge of what they're providing, i.e. if you're going out and paying for podcast knowledge, and what a hobby podcaster truly needs. Now, the good news is that there is still a lot of resources available on the internet for free that are applicable to hobby podcasters. But the challenge is that hobby podcasters really have to dedicate their time to seeking out the knowledge and create their own self-development plan. We mentioned this in episode 250. There is a wealth of knowledge out there that is applicable to the hobby podcaster, but you need to work on that self-development plan yourself. Podcasting is evolving rapidly, so we do think it's important that hobby podcasters do spend some time following what the latest trends are in podcasting and using that information to help plan their self-development plan based on what things are trending what way. If you don't continue your development, you're probably going to be left behind in the end in the world of podcasting. As a hobbyist, though, it can be really hard to maintain this development. So what we'd suggest you do is just focus on one or two things each year to work on for personal development. Basically, just keep it simple and then try to fill in the gaps by keeping up to date with some of the latest podcasting news, etc. If you hear fanfare about a new product, service or change in the podcasting space, take the time to consider if it affects your podcast. And if it does figure out are you going to apply that to your hobby podcast? Do you have to skip an episode? Is it something that you can chip away at over several weeks or months? Is it something that you need even need to address right now or can it wait an indefinite period? All things to consider. Another challenge that we feel hobbyists face that we wish we had known before we started podcasting is, again, assuming that we're starting in 2021, is how often things really will go wrong. And equally important, the stress that you face when trying to deal with these problems. It can be difficult to get a new podcaster to understand how often things go wrong in podcasting. For example, it could be a really rough recording session with lots of errors, or it could be worse. You could lose an entire recording. You could have something that comes up that makes it very hard to create an episode, or maybe it's worse. Perhaps you have something happen behind the scenes that causes you to have a completely rework of your podcast, you know, some major family event or something like that. Whatever the case is, the reality is that a dedicated hobby podcaster can find this really difficult to deal with, especially because they probably don't realize how often things go wrong. Heck, 
We've even had people show up to our live recordings, which usually happen, uh, by the way, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern at www.geeks.live. And they have expressed to us, either in the chat during the show or after, how they didn't realize how often things go wrong during our recordings. And then we have to fix it in editing. And then they hear the final perfect show afterwards, thanks to the great editing and production that Steven does. This is part of the difficulty. People often get drawn to creating hobby podcasts because they have listened to podcasts already and it sounds fun for them. And what they've heard is that final product, a product that has been produced and edited over the course of hours or days or over the course of you being able to edit and produce faster because you've learned over the course of years or decades, as in the case of Stephen and I. So what we would encourage people to do as hobby podcasters is first remind yourself that you are not a big money podcaster. The amount of podcasts that have a team behind them are increasing. And this means that if something goes wrong for an individual, then there is likely a team of people who can help steer and step in to cover for them. We believe that this means that likely the big money podcast will continue to drive the concept that podcasters always need to make sure the podcast is released in normal fashion and normal release schedules. Bottom line is we feel that if you operate this way as a hobby podcaster, you're going to start to dislike hobby podcasting and you're going to get discouraged and perhaps pod fade. Things do go wrong. And if you're going to do your day job on one hour of sleep because you stayed up all night to correct a mistake and meet your hobby podcast release schedule, you're probably going to start to dislike podcasting. Honestly, you will. The lack of sleep, some people can sustain themselves on little sleep for a little bit of time. But if this happens every week for a month, it's going to affect you. Not to mention the impact that it's going to have on your day job, which you need in order to make money to be able to do your podcast and everything else that you do in life. Sometimes the best thing that you can do for your hobby podcast is accept that things go wrong and that your audience is just going to have to wait. Depending on the circumstances, it might just be a delayed release, or if you have to cancel the whole episode, maybe it's just a quick FYI update in the feed so that people know what to expect. Thank you, Stephen, for producing and releasing Better Podcasting 249A, right? While there is likely reality in the fact that you may actually lose some people if you do miss an episode, and there is reality in the fact that inconsistent release schedules can cause your audience to diminish. In the end, you need to prioritize your fun and your team's fun. And when things go wrong, it probably isn't very fun for you. So give yourself a bit of padding if necessary to keep it as enjoyable as possible. Plan for an overall consistent release schedule. But when things go wrong, do allow yourself to have that buffer. If things keep going wrong consistently, then be realistic. You probably have a core issue with your workflow that you've established and take the time that you need to correct the issue. For example, if you're constantly losing recordings of your podcast, you probably have a problem with the workflow that you have for recording your podcast. Do you need to take more time during the recording process, like setting things up at the beginning of the show and having a checklist to make sure, sure all of the right things are happening? Or do you need to take time away from your podcast to learn 
how to record with a backup, such as an online service that will create a backup version of your recording. You need to consider these things if you're constantly losing your recording, because now it's not a one-off situation. It's something that is a core issue. Now, another thing that we want to talk about in this miscellaneous section is that podcasting is really an addictive thing. And some people don't realize how addictive hobby podcasting can be. Oh my gosh, it is. So I I can't wait for the true scientific studies to come out about it, just like with video gaming or watching to the television. So over the years of doing better podcasting, we have seen a variety of new podcasters start podcasting and then quickly balloon to doing multiple podcasts, creating a network with multiple shows that they are doing just themselves or with their core group of people. There's just something about podcasting that's very exciting and it can be easy to want to do more. There's just so much that you're interested in to talk about. In 2021, we think this is going to seem even more enticing because with big money podcasts coming into the podcasting space, you'll likely see an increase in daily podcasts or multiple podcasts under one umbrella. That's because there are teams of people who are creating these podcasts. Now, we've mentioned that before, the team of people. A team of people can be anything from a handful to like 15 or 25. So voice talent might just be that, voice talent on the team. There might be one editor per podcast, or maybe there's a team of editors per one podcast that they all do different things. Like one does sound design, one does interviews, and one does the entire stitching of everything together. There are likely dedicated producers creating content. And by producers, I just don't mean like the way that we do it in hobby podcasting, where the guy in charge is the one who edits and publishes the show. I'm talking about a producer that crafts content that gives the go, no go, that directs talent, that books talent, that actually is behind the scenes in the ear of the podcast host, telling them what to do, what not to do, just like you see in big TV news reports, that sort of stuff. And in the end, the listener just sees a podcast being created with frequency. It can be really easy for hobby podcasters to see this frequency and feel like they not only want to emulate it, but need to emulate it, especially coupled with how addicting podcasting is. And that will likely lead to burnout. That's why in my golden rules of hobby podcasting that I mentioned way back in Better Podcasting episode 50, I recommended only doing a maximum of two hobby podcasts per week. Now, if it's your main job, if you're doing it full time, great, do more than that. But if you're doing it in your off time, you can't do more than two podcasts per week. And actually, even one could be more of a burden on you than you think. And if you don't limit it, it can get really exhausting. It really can. And if you are a relatively newer hobby podcaster and are considering doing another show, we'd suggest that you do whatever it takes to wait just a little bit longer before starting that new show. You're just probably riding the buzz of being new to podcasting, and you might not have seen crunch time yet, or you might have not have ran into your first issue. For example, something just going wrong with your podcast, like your internet going out the day that you're supposed to record with your co-host who lives in another country. If after a few months of feeling the podcasting grind, you're still wanting to do another podcast, then that might be when you really assess actually starting that other show. 
And if you're looking for that way to keep you from podcasting, email to podcast at betterpodcasting.com and SP will email you back a disapproval picture. It'll be a picture of him giving you a disapproving look. Something like this for our video users. <laughs> In summary, today we covered some of the key challenges that we think that hobby podcasters face in the current world of ever-growing big-money podcasts getting into podcasting. We didn't do this, though, to discourage you from podcasting. No, it was the opposite. We hope that today's episode has helped encourage you by looking at the right areas to focus on. We hope that today our episode helped highlight some of these challenges that you may might face, but look at the things that you can focus at to be more realistically achievable with your goals that you set for your hobby podcast. Essentially, we hope that it helps set your expectations in reality in the year 2021 for a hobby podcaster. Of course, we would also encourage that you push yourself out of that comfort zone don't just get comfortable and just sit there. While we do think, on average, hobby podcasters will generally have a smaller listener base than a big money-backed podcast, you never know what will happen if you apply yourself. Hey, as a famous Canadian once said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So push yourself, take those shots, and every now and then with your podcast, you might find that you land one of them See, I, I don't watch sports. And that will be really, really fun when you make that shot. And fun should be the number one goal of your hobby podcast. Hey, we had to say it once in this episode. Yep, and playing hockey, as Wayne Gretzky would say. This is the Better Podcasting Download. In the past couple of weeks since we recorded our last show, there's been a, a few things that came up, but there was this one article that was talked about in some podcasting circles, and I figured it was a great thing to talk about here on the Better Podcasting Download. It was an article by Loop Ventures. I assume that's what it's called, Loop Ventures, L-O-U-P Ventures.com. They're Minnesota-based, so I'm all about them, right? The article was titled, Podcasts Are Apple's Hobby, Spotify's Career. So first of all, the article is clearly written from a potential investor's perspective, and that is the purchase, the purpose of Loop Ventures after all. So a quick summary of the article, it is a comparison between Apple and Spotify. It, the article talked about the approaches and strategy in podcasting by both of the companies. The article talked about an analysis of the perceived aims or goals in the podcasting space of Apple and Spotify. There was a slight comment by the article's writers on the exclusivity models of both of the podcasting companies. They talked about the relevancy via the sharp increase of ad revenue in the 10 or 11 digits. We're talking billions of dollars here in podcasting advertisements. And the percent of podcasting of overall company revenue between Spotify and Apple. And then a comparison uh, to video broadcasting and streaming companies to try to give it a company-wide financial comparison for somebody that really just didn't know anything about podcasting that was an, advance, uh, an investor. Now, what does this all mean for the hobbyist? What does this article mean for the hobbyist? 
Now, as I always say in the download, stay tuned for more developments. This is not the end all be all. Uh, but Spotify is rapidly gaining on Apple's market share. This has been denoted in many different places. Uh, Spotify is clearly the number two in podcasting for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but Apple is still number one, right? Uh, but the way that Spotify distributes podcasts could be different than Apple in the long term. We've already seen the models be different. And if Spotify starts to be the big dog in podcasting and force the industry to go a certain way, that could be detrimental to hobbyists. It, it could be because Spotify's in it to make money. Apple has been very generous. I mean, as much Apple bashing as we've done on this show for various reasons, Apple has been very generous to the podcasting community by creating that initial hub and having standards that are perpetrated throughout the podcasting space. Now, you can debate whether that's good or bad, but Apple's been a big player in that so far. If Spotify and their slightly different model of podcasting turns out to be number one in, in say, two or three years, then all of a sudden you're going to see some of that stuff flip, and it might not be as easy for hobby podcasters to get their shows out. So the, in the end, your shows should be distributed to both Apple and Spotify. It, it's, it's a no-brainer right now. It's the number one and number two site. Get your shows in their directories. Check to see if your shows are there, and if they're not, submit your shows to those two platforms as soon as you can. And then, as I said at the beginning here, watch what happens in the industry, pay attention to the news, listen to better podcasting, and find out what's going on in the podcasting space. Spotify might open up a little bit more. Apple might close down a little bit more. You never know what's going to happen in the future. But I sense because the money is coming into the space as much as it is, things are going to change. So it's important to pay attention not only to these people, but places like Amazon and, and other big companies that are entering into the space. So, Stephen, what's your take on this uh, Loop Ventures article? I think that it's written a lot off of historical information to a degree. And, and what I mean by that is I, I think the recent changes in Apple kind of show that this article might feel a pretty dated in about a year's time. I think we're going to see Apple push it a little bit above the way that they're framing this uh, as, as their hobby. And I get what they're saying. I, I totally get what they're saying. And I think that if you look at sort of the investments that Spotify has made in pushing their business agenda along, it, it makes total sense. But I think that we might see this playing field level out a little bit there. And I think that, that that's okay. Um, I, I've said before, I think that Apple needs less control over the industry that they have now, but I'd like to see them maintain a, a decent amount of control. I think it's good if we have a few big players all leading the charge as far as how podcasts are being distributed. It makes things a little bit easier. And um, basically what I'm saying is I, I think Apple's going to not want to, I think Apple's going to want to chip in to some of that momentum that Spotify has been happening. And I think we'll, we'll see a bit of a shift with how they treat podcasts here pretty rapidly over the next year. To give everybody the streaming example of where I think we are right now in this whole thing, if you go back 10, 12, 15 years in video broadcasting, like over the network, over the internet, video streaming, 
Netflix was by far the the number one place mm. to get the the whole thing. Even Canada, Net, Netflix was the place to go. Well, about ten years ago, twelve years ago or so, I, I don't remember the exact date. Hulu started to come into the space, and then you started to get more and more companies coming into space. Now we have uh, Prime, we have uh, HBO Max, we have Paramount Plus. We we have all these things, and a lot of it just happened in the last few years. Well, podcasting. Uh, could go that way really quickly where am apple really was the netflix of 10 12 15 years ago and then all of a sudden you have all these other companies coming on you know spotify is the one that's gaining the fastest right now in podcasting now will podcasting ever be as big of a business as those video streamers probably not to be honest with you but It'll still be big business. It's not like it's it's chump change. I mean, you're talking billions of dollars that are flowing through here. So people want their share of that, and uh, it's going to happen. But I I do like what you said that the article was written uh, from an example of where Apple Podcast was and not necessarily where they're going. Uh, very quickly, they could turn on a dime. I think this whole Apple Podcast Connect thing that they've got going is the is a really big first step into changing their stance on podcasting. And uh, by the way, just as a disclaimer of the article that was posted in the article, you'd have to click to get into it. But they do, they actively write about the themes in which they invest or may invest. So they are talking about investing into the podcasting space. And that was the purpose behind this article. That's why I said it was made from the investment standpoint. So you could go ahead and read the full disclaimer if you click into the article yourself, which will be listed in our show notes. But I don't think this is any different than what we've been saying. It's just another place, another independent investor group that's looking into podcasting and go, hey, wait a minute, there's some big money going on here. Well, yeah, we know that. Uh, but it does mean that uh, as a hobby podcaster, you should you should look over your shoulder and just see what's going on. Because if it overtakes you and you're just not aware of everything, like if if changes really rapidly take place over the next two, three years and you have no idea they're coming, you can't adapt to it. So that's all we're saying is just pay attention and uh, keep keep having fun with your show, as Stephen said at the end of the last segment. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. SP, misery loves company. And today, Josh Liston would like to give you company. For those of you that haven't been following this, SP has had an ongoing Apple podcast issue. Basically, he has not been able to move his podcast over to the new Apple podcast the whole time. So after many, many tech support requests, he just said, I'm going to wait and, and wait till the deadline and see what happens because he got nowhere with Apple tech. And Josh Liston said the following. Oh, Apple Podcasts is still a total mess at BetterPod. Only four shows in my migrated account, and only of those shows is only one of those shows is still live. The other shows were all closed in my pre-migration account. I'm sorry for not taking an interest in this issue prior to today, folks. Yeah, it did impact a lot of people. There was a lot of actually big money podcasts that yeah. were affected. A lot of people that couldn't even log into their accounts, I at least could log into my iTunes Connect account or when I logged into my Apple Podcast Connect account, it migrated or it took me right over to the iTunes Connect account. 
And this started in the beginning of May or end of April when this was announced. I think April 28th or something like that, this whole thing started. I was one of the first people to get on there and to try to migrate my account because of better podcasting. And then all of a sudden, boom. And this was a problem for us because, well, better podcasting is one of the shows on on one of those accounts. And I could tell Stephen was very frustrated with me. So I'm sorry about that, Stephen. It's okay. Uh, I cried. Yeah, I, I cried too. So literally today, right before we went on, and this happened in the last day because I just, did just check last night on May 27th. So this Friday, May 28th, uh, in the evening after I got home from work, I checked and I was able to log in and my account, instead of being redirected to iTunes Connect, was directed to the Apple Podcast Connect. So this is the end of May. I don't know if they flipped a switch and it automatically changed some things. I don't know if this is what was supposed to happen. I don't think it was because we were supposed to be able to get into the subscriptions thing if we wanted to, which we don't with uh, Better Podcasting or any of my other shows, at least for now. And I couldn't do that through the iTunes Connect account. But yes, I finally got into the Apple Podcast thing. We'll see. I, literally, it was right before the show. So I haven't had too much time to get in there. I did click into the shows to make sure that they were there and look through the data. So yes, they are there and that is good. And I'll report back to what I think this means for hobby podcasts after I have a chance to get in there and fiddle around with things. But Josh, thanks for joining the, uh, the crowd of people that were having issues. And I do mean a crowd. It wasn't just me and Josh. It was a lot of people that were having issues with Apple podcast connect. And, uh, hopefully they all got solved. If you haven't, there was an email that they sent out today and they said, we think we've solved everything. If you're continuing to have an issue, please contact the support. Um, I, I will tell you from experience that they weren't really capable of supporting me in the early days of this rollout. They might be better equipped to uh, help people today. So if you're still having issues, I would reach out. Otherwise, it's just not going to get fixed. Also, we had a tweet come our way as well about a service that um, we kind of briefly touched on in one of our shows recently, and it was about removing ums and ahs and crutch words and things like that. And we had Geekville Radio say, I listened to episode 250 and wanted to respond about programs that can remove crutch words. I started using Descript last year and recommend it. Runs about $120 yearly, but for someone like me, it's worth it simply to remove all these ums and ahs with a few clicks. Yeah, and I haven't used it personally, but it works very differently than an audio editor, like the normal DAWs that we work with. You actually see the words on the screen and then you can cut them out and then you have to work to make sure that it's not too much of a abrupt change back and forth, or at least that's what I've seen and heard to date. I would be interested in this if I was doing an audio only show. Unfortunately, all my shows are video based, so it doesn't really help me with that. And that's one of the reasons why I haven't really tried to script. But if I ever do another produced audio only show, I would look into a service like this because it would really help out. You might just have that one co-host that has issues with crutch words and it just pull your hair out every week having to deal with it. But what they say is really cool or you really like them or they really have a good rapport with the audience or something like that. So you just don't want to boot them from your show because they have a lot of crutch words. A service like this could help out. So I'm glad that Seth from Geekville Radio has had some experience and has enjoyed it. And it 
tells me that it would be worth it for somebody that does an audio only show. And the last thing that we just wanted to acknowledge in our better pod back this week was a bit of a uh, nod to what is always a great feeling in every every podcaster's life who ends up having to undertake this, which is Yakko said farewell to Podcast Studio 3 and the one I've been using for the longest amount of time. Really looking forward to seeing what I can do in the basement of my of my new with a really good sized desk. So if if you didn't know this, Yakko or Yak Zero is moving houses and has been setting things up in the new house for a little bit and has been awesome at keeping everybody in in um up to date in our Discord. And I wanted to mention this because I have moved my podcast studio between houses and I've moved it between rooms. And I gotta say, it, it is this weird experience because you do as you're taking down the gear. And even when I move my desk, you're taking down the gear. You're thinking about all the things and all the fun you had with that setup. And then when you're moving it to a new location, you're looking forward to all the new things you're going to be able to do. But you're also going to correct all the terrible things that happened over the years in your old studio, like running cords just completely in a rat's nest because of the fact that you've added to your equipment along the way. You get them all clean. And then for a week, it's great. And then and then you you end up making it a mess again. <laughs> so I've got a couple of things to say here. First of all, um, well, I, I guess at least three. Congratulations, Jeremy, for your new house acquisition and your ability to move your studio from one place to the next. That's got to be a, a great feeling, not just for your podcasting, but for your family. So congratulations there. Uh, the second thing I would like to do an episode at some point in time about things that I would like to do in a podcast studio from the ground up in 2021, uh, considering video as a possibility. I mean, we've all been teleworking or most of us have been teleworking at some point over the past year, year and a half. So video has been a consideration for a lot of people that were just doing audio shows anyway, just for work. So I would like to do a show on that. And if anybody, including you, Jeremy, if you have any comments on that, I would love to hear them or see them, you know, send in a video clip to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We would love to play it at some time in the future. And the third thing that I wanted to say is Jeremy doesn't know this. I mean, he kind of does, but he doesn't know it for sure. I'm going to be driving by his place at least twice in the next month. I would love for a chance to hang out with you and then see your new studio and maybe talk over a few things, you know, do a little consulting while I'm there. I would love that opportunity. So Jeremy, reach out. If you're listening to this, reach out to me. I know you're busy. You might not be able to respond right away. That's why I'm giving you a couple of chances over the next month. And I, I would love to drop by and, and see your new studio finished or not. I, I would just love to, uh, to be able to have a picture, have a selfie of me in your new studio. I think that would be great. Uh, and yes, I just just invite myself over. But, you know, hey, you know, with COVID and everything, if you don't want me there, that's fine. But uh, I, I would love to drop by and see you. So that would be great. And congratulations once again, how I started out. Congratulations on the new studio. More, more importantly, the new house. And uh, yeah, it's the middle of summer. So uh, good luck mowing that lawn. <laughs> so that's going to go ahead and take us to the end of the show. Before we wrap up, we want to remind you we're part of the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network has a bunch of amazing geeky hobby podcasts on there. But particularly, I want to highlight that we also do the Gunna Geek Show 
with our co-host Chris Farrell. It's a weekly geek news show and we talk about things from gaming to space. And I gotta say, if you've never checked it out before, I think you'll be quite impressed with what SP brings to the table each week. He always, if it's just talking news, he ends up doing a lot of research on the news articles. Sometimes he does whole segments about different eras in space. I know this is a, this is a podcast about podcasting that we're on right now, but I just wanted to acknowledge on here right now that if you haven't checked out what SP does through the Gunna Geek Show and you're at all interested in space, SP really puts a lot of time and thought into his different sections on that show. And so uh, you should check it out and then send him a tweet and tell him how much you enjoy his work that he does there. Yeah, I do the space stuff. You guys take on tech and gaming and streaming and stuff like that. It's not like I'm the only one doing the research. It, it's a great show to listen to. I listen to it when it comes out. I, I listen to it. Um, I pick up stuff that I don't hear when we're podcasting because I'm looking at show notes or something like that. And it's it's a great experience. So I really appreciate Stevens not only producing this show, but producing the com show. It's really fun for me. For those that don't know, I am a rocket scientist that is not made up. I have degrees in rocket science. I have been working in the field for almost 30 years now. So yeah, I've, I, I've been there, done that. And it's something I like to talk about. And if you have a space topic that you want to hear or whatever, just reach out to me and I'll talk about it on the guineageek.com show. So thank you very much for that, Steven. And I, I want to say thank you to the rest of the Guinea Geek Network. If you haven't checked out all the shows on the Guinea Geek Network, not just the guineageek.com show, there's some amazing shows over there. So go give them a listen. And uh, even even Josh, we were talking about Josh from Australia earlier, talking about his Apple Podcast Connect experience. He's got uh, a great TV show called On the Bubble there. So you can check that out. And and uh, Damien, uh, you, you often see him in the chat. He's got another show about gaming, uh, Adventures in Aurelia. We joked about Aurelia Pod for quite some time on the show. He is on the Gonna Geek Network. So go ahead and uh, check out the Gonna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. So for episode number 251 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying SP is a rocket scientist, but he hasn't found a way to blast me off of this podcast yet. I'm SP and I don't want to produce it. So that's why you're still here, Stephen. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.